You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Yeah, so a big thing that I wanted to highlight in terms of that kind of outcoached theme was Brian Monet was inactive, and that you know raises some eyebrows because... I think of the Buccaneers as always wanting to get a power run game going, always wanting to get gap runs going and doing it from heavier kind of personnel looks too and, you know, eye formation kind of appearances. We don't know why Monet was inactive because I wasn't at Pete Carroll's press conference. I was in the locker room where I was talking to Miles Adams and he admitted he was a bit rusty at nose tackle, which is where he spent most of his time. Now, obviously they have our words but they got run on. They got absolutely run on. And this was the Buccaneers' season-high uh, rushing total. They rushed 44 times for 161 yards with 3.7 yards a carry, which that's not the best yards per carry, but if you times 3.7 time by three, you know, you're, you're getting a first down. So right. it's enough. And then they had big plays on top of that. And obviously, you know, there's no statistical proof yet the the run game um uh frequency or efficiency actually benefits play action however however are we discoursing six minutes in into this we're not no we're not discoursing on that however matthew i don't want to discourse however the buccaneers set up everything off you're being toxic right now they set everything up off the run. There was then play action stuff, which yeah. was just it just killed Seattle. And there was moments where Seattle's defense seemed to have it together, but really, it, that absence of Monet Griff uh, feels big to me. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I, it does feel big, and I, at the same time, though, and well, it feels big, but at the same time. 
I don't think that they were the the run game issues were really like the interior guys getting moved mm-hmm. so much. And there were definitely moments, but I think that when they were, and again, this is just broadcast observations, but when they were in bear, when they were in odd space stuff, um, I felt like the interior was sound. It was when the ball got spilled out to the perimeter or the, the scheme went out to the perimeter where they were having issues. And we'll get that to, in a second, but not having Mona meant that you didn't have particularly negative plays kind of, like maybe Mona or Adams at his best was like was like a stalemate. Um, but part of the reason why their run defense has been so good is that they're just dominating. You know, the alternative to dominating doesn't mean being dominated. It can mean just doing like barely holding up. And and either way, they were still lacking the the dominance in the interior. But that said, I um, they were running a lot of those gap or those gap runs, power and counter up to the C gap bubble. And I feel like this is a game where, and especially we'll know once we get into the tape, but this is a game where not having built in front adjustments or complementary calls when you are in bear to manage the C and D gap. It finally, if, if it finally came back to bite them because like we talked about last week, they're presenting weak spots and they're not doing, which every front has a weak spot and teams are running all the calls. You should be running at it. And they're handling it just fine. And this game, it felt like finally that that dam broke. And like a lot of those runs would get strung out. And it looked like things were kind of neutral for either side. And then all of a sudden the ball would just hit. And then they would, Fournette or their other guy would just kind of glide up for six, seven yards a few times. Um, And a couple of times even more. So I feel like that finally just kind of bit him in the butt a little bit. What did you guys see on that front? Well, so the... um the Bucks ended up averaging 3.7 yards uh, per rush attempt in this game, which is fine. That's like bottom three, bottom four level production. So you can live with that overall. But that, when you really look at the big picture here, the first half running numbers were, I mean, they were most importantly here, they were, they were getting into short yardage situations. And that's why they were ultimately 10 for 15 on third down, because they could just do whatever they wanted in, in those situations. And so, um, you know, and I think again, a big part of that is, you know, they uh, as simple and cliched as this is, I, they just kind of straight up lost the battle in the trenches in this game, and and that's uh, on both sides of the coin. And so uh, they they were getting their ass beat in the first half, um, and uh, and it just set the tone for the rest of that for how the rest of that half went, and that just set the the Seahawks back too far uh, for them to uh, climb back from. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Yeah, that um, that whole thing that we've always seen, but Tom Brady took what was there, and when Seattle came out in their two, four, five, or even front, and I feel they wanted to run that uh, a bit more against the Buccaneers because I don't think they expected. Well, Carol has said afterwards that they didn't expect uh, Tampa Bay to pass in certain formations. They didn't expect play action from certain formations and other Seahawks players like Nwosu, uh 
Miles Adams brought it up to me first. They mentioned how Tampa Bay in in the locker room, how Tampa Bay switched up their tendencies. Yeah, and it's kind of crazy to me. I mean, yeah, the NFL is all about finding the edge, and you have to acknowledge tendencies. But on a sh- kind of weird short week, it's kind of crazy to me that Seattle spent you know that much of a uh, effort on tendencies that it impacted them in this manner. Now going uh, Tampa Bay going ten for fifteen on third down, that is. Brady taking what's there. Seattle still struggling in their 45-2-4-5. Adams told me that, again, it's a similar thing of you have less help than the bare front. Uh, You're more having to take the doubles for the linebackers behind. You're not one-on-one. And he prefers playing forward in the bare stuff, which, I mean, I think every defensive lineman on the Seahawks seems to be in that kind of position. Um, And then also, Seattle had some coverage bus which griff i think had sort of been coming um or had already come but brady took advantage uh yeah um so yeah so like on the on the tendency note i think there is kind of like maybe a deeper lesson where because they are one of the past heaviest teams in the league um but so to then you know r- run more than you're than you're expecting. That's I, if if you think about that, you're trying to prepare and match what a team does. That leaning all the way into a tendency breaking game plan, if you're an offense, can work really well for you. Um, but then also uh, on the flip side of that, when they are in their run formations where the, you, they could run or play action, their run rate within that is also extremely high. Mm. So it's th- there's some. Um, there's some dichotomy there um and from a tendency perspective it's they just kind of messed around with it so yeah they're they're using seattle's information against them 